The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We like to call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. Thank you for tuning in. Again, I am your host, 12 Kyle. And again, this is Dead End Sports. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. You can find this podcast just about anywhere where podcasts are given away for free. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Of course, I will not be doing this podcast alone. Joining me are the homies. First up, my man, Beezy, 430. Beezy, what up, though? What up, though? What up, Kyle? What up, fellas? Chilling. What's cracking, man? And uh, I was working on the uh, It's the Mike Stallone podcast. Um, okay. I mean, what, obviously, I'm taking a pause right quick because we're doing this. But, yeah, that's what I was working on. That's what I'm doing. True indeed. True indeed. Also joining us is the homie FIFO. FIFO, what up, man? Yo, what it do? What it do? Can't call Can't him, man. What's call- up with you? Man, just glad I opened today, not having to close. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. And last but not least, is the homie Ken. Ken, what up, man? Uh, nothing much. Chilling, chilling, chilling. True indeed, true indeed. Uh, as I mentioned, man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, man. Let's go ahead and get it cracking. Um, crazy, crazy sports week, uh, as they all seem to be each and every week. Uh, so let's start there, man. A lot of stuff happened this past week. I'll start first with you, B. What stood out to you this past week, whether it be college basketball, football, baseball, Major League uh, Baseball, uh, or uh, NBA, or the NFL? Um, I mean, nothing. I guess, I, of course, the elephant in the room, college uh, football. The um, You know, you had the conference championships this weekend along with the announcements of the Final Four playoff team. So, I mean, you know, that was pretty much the main thing I was really glued to um, this past uh, weekend. Um, Cavs still streaking. Um, yeah, that's, about, that's pretty much about it. College football and, and, and Cavs still streaking. Okay, okay, okay. What about you, FIFA? What stood out to you this past week uh, in the world of sports? Man, look, I'm just glad at least one Georgia team out here doing something. <laughs> we, we out here doing some things. I called it the beginning <laughs> of the season. Let's go. Uh, we in we we in the playoffs. They looking good. They got their revenge, uh, which needed to happen. So we're guaranteed we in there. Um, you know, I know we're gonna talk about it later, but Leangelo Ball, you know, mm-hmm. no longer a UCLA Bruin. So that's gonna be interesting because I don't care all of the shit talking that Lavar does. He did not see it going out like this. He didn't see Lonzo struggling his middle child doing what he did and plus out of college ball and his youngest son, not in high school ball. That cannot be the way he planned it. That's not how he envisioned it. So, but we'll get on that. Um, B touched on it a little bit. The Cavs are streaking. That's cool. But you watching Boston though, you, you watching my boy Kyrie and what he's doing out here. Okay. 21 and four. The last time I looked at the records now, 21 and 4. So 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 respect. Respect. Okay. Um 
you know, that's 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 really about it. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure we'll touch on some other things as the show go along. True indeed, true indeed. Uh Ken, what stood out to you this past week in the world of sports? Um uh Giancarlo Stanton uh mm-hmm. possibly being traded. Uh I think that's interesting. Shows a lack of loyalty. I mean, he had a monster season, uh, which could be an anomaly because the year before that he he uh, struggled with injuries, and he is typically injury prone. But um, he had a, a crazy season, and I think he uh, damn near sixty home runs, and they want to get rid of him. So I mean, sell high, right? So I think that's interesting. Um, Wisconsin was overrated. Uh, we all knew that, but they tried to give them the respect for the record, Ralph. And we see what happened um, with them. Um, the Golden State Warriors, man, I don't know what's going on with that team, uh, but they—I don't know—they—they they seem off for some odd reason. They get into fights. Uh, Kevin Durant almost <laughs> got beat up by Demarcus Cousins last night, and uh, and and he's he's been very loose, loose uh, with the lips uh, since he's joined that team. Talking a lot of mess, getting in a lot of people's faces. We had um, Livingston getting in the ref's face uh, last mm-hmm. night. Like Draymond, actually, almost seems like the tame one, which is really, really weird. But man, as soon as Demarcus Cousins, because uh, DC was like chilling, like he was cool. He was like, "Man, I don't know why you guys throwing me out." Kevin Durant still talking and talking, and finally, like Demarcus just snapped. And that's when he started walking up on Draymond. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant. And when the way he walked and I and the way like his body, the way he hit that stance, I was like, oh, they better get KD away. They better get KD away. And KD, you know, in the post game talking about, hey, man, ain't nobody gonna fight in the NBA. Uh, that's incorrect because if there's one person that will fight in the NBA, mm-hmm. it will be it is Demarcus Cousins. Let's 1, not get 000. that twisted. <laughs> One thousand. Right. So, yeah, come on, KD. Uh, um, last couple of things. Um, Jimbo leaving. Uh, Kyle, that's sad. I liked him as a coach. Um, so, yeah, but that's a hell of a contract he got. And mm-hmm. the last is, uh, is you know, everybody's talking about Boston, Ralph, but you didn't say one damn thing about the Rockets. Same, what, t- four losses? Are they for real? Yeah, I don't know. But – but mm. but they don't have quality wins though. Like let neither like, does let, Boston. Let, and then and then these type of teams we've seen them before. They're regular season teams, right? Like like this is an offensive team. They still don't play defense. They play loosey goosey. When when things get tightened down, that's why Houston isn't a real contender. And Chris Paul has like that team that has not taken Chris Paul's identity. They're still James Harden's team. So if that's going to be James Harden's team. Can they play enough defense to win in the playoffs? Boston is legit because they have the number one defense in the NBA. That's why it's different, Ken. And they have quality wins. They came back against Golden State, right? They come back. They're clutch. They win the games that teach you how to win in the playoffs. And come on, man. Don't make me teach you out here. I thought you was older than me. Man, listen, listen. Go Now, don't sleep on the rock. They're eighth in points allowed. Like it's not like they're slouches out here, you know. And, and yeah, they had they beat the Warriors too, you know. And, and they had to come back to beat the Warriors, right? So, I I, I think look, I, I'm with you. I'm just saying, like everybody's talking about Boston, and maybe because of the Rockets' past, we're saying we've seen this story play out before. So 
we're not going to give them not, the respect that they deserve. But, but not just the Rockets. D'Antoni, James Harden, CP. Do you want me to keep going? They don't have nobody legit over there. What has anybody accomplished over there in the Houston organization? And what has Boston they, accomplished besides Kyrie? He's the only uh, one. Danny Ainge put together the big three. They won a title first year. Uh, he duped Brooklyn into getting all of these picks. He manifested these picks into legit talent and to a legit superstar in his prime right now on a favorable superstar contract. And he got the next best coach in the NBA. They Who hasn't won anything? But Kyrie has won something, and he has the moxie. And Danny Ainge has won championships as well. So he has the moxie as well. All I'm saying is there's championship DNA inside of that Boston organization where I'm asking you, where's that championship DNA anywhere in Houston? A king. (laughs) (laughs) Why you fishing? Why you reaching out? Why you You knew that answer was coming, man. Oh man, um, let's see. For me, mine mine is less controversial than you two guys. Uh, I'll keep it in college, man. Obviously, uh, like Ken, you mentioned the coaching carousel, if you will. Um, Jimbo Fisher going to Texas A and M, subsequently leaving Florida State. Florida State hiring Willie Taggart. Uh, Scott Frost leaving uh, Central Florida, going to Nebraska, where he was once a uh, standout player. Um, I guess the question that kept going around um, as these coaching moves were being made was, you know, did they make the right moves? Um, You guys know I'm a Florida State fan. Uh, I wasn't necessarily sad to see Jimbo Fisher go. I think um, a lot of alumni have kind of, and especially, especially the boosters have been fed up with Jimbo because Jimbo for the last two, almost three years, um, Every year, his name has been swirling around in, in rumors of leaving, and he's, you know, parlayed that into contract extensions. So, you know, Jimbo kept saying, well, he wants, um, you know, this multi-million dollar facility, standalone facility, just football facility and, you know, that type of stuff. And Florida State, you know, hadn't gotten it, gotten around to getting everything that he wanted. And, um, you know, let's just keep it real. Jimbo wanted more money and, you know, they're paying him. Uh, he's got a 10-year guaranteed $75 million. So he is only second behind uh, Nick Saban as far as college coaches, as far as getting paid. And the A&M Aggies, you know, they're going to roll out the red carpet. And, you know, they have the facilities. They have a brand-new facility, a brand-new stadium. Uh, they have all of the amenities that he wants. That being said, um, Jimbo Fisher is going to the SEC West. Uh, I'm going to remind you who's in the SEC West, uh, Alabama and Auburn. And you got to play them every year. So at best, on the surface, it looks like, you know, Texas A&M is probably the, the third best team in the SEC West. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily would have left Florida State for that. But, I mean, again, I, I hold no grudges, man. I like Jimbo. Wish him well. I think Willie Taggart will do a great job, um, you know, at Florida State. Uh, I, I thought it was cool that Florida State, you know, mentioned that they wanted to hire a minority. And come to find out, I didn't. Even, and Ken, I don't know if you knew this, but Florida State's AD is a brother, um, and so they hired another brother. So that's good. Um, Scott Frost going to Nebraska, not surprised. Uh, I was, I really wasn't happy with the way that it played out. Uh, if you guys were watching the game, uh, Scott Frost's UCF Knights were battling in their conference championship game, and I want to say maybe five minutes before the game ended. 
you know, a little thing comes across the screen saying that Scott Frost had accepted the job at Nebraska. All the while, his team is battling and, you know, trying to 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 win this game. And um, I think that's bad business, man. I, I understand. And, you know, it's it's a sad reality that, you know, these kids, you know, these these coaches, let's just keep it real. These kids, they go to play for the coaches. They don't go. They go to play for the schools, but they also go to play for the coaches. And I, I got into, you know, a couple of discussions with people on Twitter and they said, well, you should you should go to the school you know, for for the school. Come on, man. Let's let's keep it. Let's keep it a buck. I mean, is, is the star basketball player necessarily going to Kentucky because it's a great academic institution? No, he's going there because of Coach Cal, you know, and the same thing goes for Nick Saban. If I'm going to Alabama and I play and I'm a defensive lineman, I know that Nick Saban can get me in the league. I'm not going to, you know, Arkansas State if I can go to Alabama. I'm just not. So, you know, it's a dirty part of the game. You know, these coaches can just get up and leave. And, you know, it's same for but Willie Taggart. What's up? But 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 the school does have a little bit to do with it, too. Like, don't like it does it sounds like you're being a little bit too dismissive. No, I'm not being dismissive. I think what it is, the school has something because the school has cachet. There's a big difference between coming between, you know, being a, a star defensive end playing at Alabama as opposed to playing at Alabama A&M. Um, so yeah, the school has, has a lot to do with it too, but I'm saying primarily you're going there to play for the coaches. And I think where the the problem come in, comes in for me is that case for Jimbo Fisher, case for Willie Taggart, Scott Frost, these guys recruited kids. They came into these kids' houses, told their parents, Hey, I'm going to, you know, take care of your son, make sure your son stays in school and graduates. And here at the first chance that they get these coaches, you know, take these opportunities. And I'm not mad at them for having the opportunities to go elsewhere. I don't I don't like the fact that the NCAA penalizes these kids for for leaving if they chose to leave. And then they have to get, you know, permission to leave. You know, so for the kid who keep in mind, I'll use Willie Taggart as an example. Uh, you know, he's only been at Oregon for a year. So there's a freshman on the team right now that he recruited that kid that he recruited can't come with him to Florida State without having to sit out a year. Willie, meanwhile, Willie Taggart can get his money, get his house, get everything that he wants and be in Florida and be chilling. I, I don't like that. That's the dirty part of NCAA. And I, I'll talk a little bit more, a little bit more about that uh, later in my final thought. Um, the other thing I want to talk about uh, that stood out to me and, I, and I'll wrap this up and we move into the first topic. Um, this past uh, this past Saturday uh, got some really, really disturbing news. Um, as many of you know, I'm a, a proud alum of South Carolina State University. Uh, our basketball team, our men's basketball team was playing against North Carolina State. Um, and five minutes into the game, uh, one of our guards, Ty Solomon, checked out of the game. He had been in the game for five minutes, checked out, went to the sideline, and he passed out. Not only did he pass out, but his heart stopped beating. Uh, he lay flat on his back in the arena, and our trainer uh, had to give him CPR. Uh, shout out to the EMS staff at, at North Carolina State who then brought a defibrillator over uh, that he was doing. They were doing chest compressions. He was actually his heart stopped, like I said, for three minutes. Um, luckily, he came to uh, and, you know, they were able to revive him, take him into the locker room. Uh, he spent a couple of days in the hospital in, in Riley. Um and the basketball team continued with the game. 
they came back out of the locker room to a standing ovation. But in those moments when he was on the ground, you, all you saw was just players huddled around, players on North Carolina State, players on South Carolina State. Uh, some players were crying because they didn't know if this kid was going to make it. Uh, Ty Solomon has undergone a battery of tests. Um, they're not sure exactly what caused him co- to collapse. Uh, they're definitely not sure what it was that caused his heart to stop beating for three minutes. Uh, but that young brother is, is is lucky to be alive. So I definitely want to shout out to the SC State trainer as well as the EMS staff at uh, North Carolina State University for uh, saving that young brother's life. Because if he had been somewhere else, uh, we may have a different story. So uh, shout out and prayers to him as well as the SC State basketball team as they proceed for the rest of the season. Um, moving on to college football. Uh, it's all set, man. Um, we got the four teams. Uh, the college football playoff has been set. Uh, Clemson versus Alabama. That's number one versus number four. And uh, number two versus number three, Georgia versus Oklahoma. Uh, there was a lot of debate as to who was going to get in. Uh, some teams were left out after their conference championship, mainly Ohio State. It, it looks like it came down between Ohio State and and, uh, and Alabama. So, B, I'll start first with you, man. Did the committee get it right? Um, I mean, based off what they want to get the quote-unquote four best teams, um, I would say, yeah. I think what hurt Ohio State was they had two – Blowout losses by non-ranked teams. Um, I don't know if the committee kind of looked at and took that in consideration or not, but um, I mean, I think one of I heard one of the ESPN analysts said, "Yeah, from my eye test, yes, I would say Alabama to me is a better team than Ohio State." So you know, with that, I would say, yeah, they get in. You know, um, yeah. So I'm looking at the losses. Yeah, they lost to Iowa, a non-ranked mm-hmm. Iowa, 55 to 24. Mm-hmm. And they lost to Oklahoma, which, of course, is one of the, the final four. So that's a respectable loss. They lost 31 to 16. But that Iowa loss, I think that really kind of stained their schedule. But on the other hand, on the other end, Alabama hasn't really played anyone, really, with the exception of that Auburn loss. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you want to say, yeah, you know, you got to win your um, your conference championship to kind of at least be considered in. But just in my opinion, I just think that Iowa loss really stained them real bad. Give them credit. They did beat an undefeated Wisconsin team, which can't mention who was overrated. So you don't know if you can take that with a grain of salt or not. But, um, yeah, I, I think they got it right as far as just getting the four best teams in. Um, yeah, they probably got it right. Okay, okay. FIFA, what about you, man? You mentioned it uh, at the beginning uh, with Georgia getting in. Uh, so it seemed like it was a foregone conclusion run, r- rolling into uh, Sunday selection. Uh, the one, two, and three spots were were already kind of uh, picked out, if you will. But um, it came down to that four spot. So, in your opinion, man, uh, did the committee get it right? Again, uh, yeah, I think they did. I think they did. I know Auburn has to feel sick to their stomach, mm-hmm. mainly because they beat two number one ranked teams. I think that was back to back weeks, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia, then Bama. So, and then to lose in a conference championship and not get in, even they they beat back to back number ones, that has to be sickening. So, I think that's I think that's a team that um, you know they're right outside looking in and they and they feel some type of way. But um, again, I think B made the point that I was going to make um, the eye test. Like I go by my eyes, and when you look at it, 
these look like the four best teams in college football. So from that perspective, yes, um, you got You got to give it to them. You got to give it to them. I think they got it right. Um, I think it's going to be a damn good playoff. And go dogs. Uh, you, uh, the state of Georgia needs something, man. We, we, we got to have no championships in a minute. We need something. True indeed. True indeed. Ken, what about you, man? Uh, it came down to, like you said, a couple of teams. Uh, FIFA makes a good point. Uh, Auburn was in the mix. Obviously, Alabama and Ohio State. Did the committee get it right? Well, I didn't even think about uh, what FIFA, uh, FIFA's point about Auburn. Like, you legit could have dropped them to fourth if mm-hmm. you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Because um, keep in mind, they lost to Clemson, I think, like the second or third week. And like FIFA said, back-to-back wins against, uh, you know, one uh, the number one team, so you know they had a case too, right? And Alabama wasn't playing, so you could have made an argument for them dropping the four because you lost to uh, at the time the sixth best team in the in the country. So that's a you know beating two number one teams, barely losing to Clemson, and then you know losing to a team you have to play for the second time of the year. It's not a bad loss, you know, but um, but I don't think they got it right. At, I, I just don't, man. I, I think if you're going to um, put value on a conference championship, then make that value count. And I understand everybody's using that that loss to Iowa against them, and you can point to uh, it was it was a bad game. It happens. They turned the ball over a lot. They couldn't. They got to a point where they couldn't catch up. But that was right off an emotional comeback victory against Penn State. And they just came out flat. Like everything they had to come back to win to win that game went into that game, and then they just came out um, just not prepared. You can blame that on Urban Meyer. But we saw that when they played teams that deserve their respect, they won. And um, for me, Ohio State is always dangerous because of Urban Meyer, because of their reputation. And Alabama didn't play anybody. So when you look at our Ohio State. Uh, last week, week 14, they were eighth. They played the fourth team, the undefeated Wisconsin team. Now, a lot of people, I didn't believe in Wisconsin like that, but like Ralph said at the beginning of the show, respect the record, right? So if we're going to respect the record and say they've been the most consistent team, the defense is real, everything is, is about this team, it has been about them being underrated, resulted in them being ultimately overrated. Like they came out flat, and they almost pulled it off, but they just – they just didn't have the talent to do so, and they got too far behind. But look ahead of them. Miami was seventh. They lost to Clemson. Georgia was sixth. They beat Auburn. Uh, Alabama was idle. They didn't play anybody. So because two of the teams ahead of them ended up playing one 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 loss, Alabama didn't play anybody, I think you could very well make a case to leapfrog them over um, Alabama because they – basically just stayed there. Georgia and Miami play. So Miami's naturally going to drop. Auburn's probably going to drop to what? Uh, uh, Georgia spot. So those are two spots because of their activity. You know, they were gonna, there was going to be some movement there anyway. So I think you could have realistically flip-flopped Wisconsin and Ohio State and given Ohio State the conference championship as – um, a, a reason to get in and beating an undefeated number fourth-ranked team in the country. Um, this clearly was about Alabama, their reputation. If you guys want to say 
you want the four best teams, fine. We can you can make that. But I think um, sometimes the four best teams don't always get in. And mm-hmm. I think if you're going to put value on the conference championships like they are or like they say they are, then Ohio State should have been rewarded, just like Penn State probably should have been rewarded last year when you think about it. But, um, look, everybody listen to this show that's been listening for a while, you guys know I hate Alabama. And, <laughs> and when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, what do we say? We've seen this story before. One mm-hmm. of those four teams were going to lose. The committee positioned them in, a, in, in the perfect spot to make a case to put them in. As Joe, Joel Platt, Platt says, they cooked the books. They gave them ranked wins on their schedule to make it look better than what it is. They play freaking Mercer and and and, and, and a whole bunch of other uh, whack opponents on their schedule. And every year they do this where they'll have a weak schedule, they'll play a couple of ranked teams because it's the SEC, and then they'll get in. They don't really play anybody, and they get in off reputation alone. So I think it's right. somehow, some way, they wanted Alabama in and they got it. Well, I, I think we talked about it last week. I, I think, um, you know, it, it was you could tell by the way it was seated that it was, you know, in the in the position that the cards were in position. Um, but I will I, I will disagree. Ken. I, I think the committee did get it right. I think where they I understand the gripe. And I like you, I didn't really think about Auburn until FIFO just mentioned it. But I guess, you know, they had a if Auburn had not gotten blown out. Um, by Georgia, I think you can make it. Auburn would have an even stronger case for for still being in, in the top four. But um, they blew out Georgia worse, right? They did, but you know it goes back to what we always say: it ain't it, it's not it's not how you lose, it's when you lose. And losing late in the season hurts. Um, I think Alabama, I, I would put them in because I think. You have to go by what Alabama they, they they play whoever's on their schedule. And Alabama when when they when they talk about they the make strength the schedule of, though, right, Kyle? Don't they don't they put together the schedule? They they but do that's, but that's a couple years in advance. Yes, it's a couple of years in advance. And you and let me take you back to week one, Ken. Now, and I hate to say this about my squad, but that was the game of the year. That was a, Florida State, nobody think about how college football operates. Hardly anybody plays a head-to-head on a neutral field against a ranked opponent, let alone the, the – I think Alabama was one and Florida State was two coming into that game. Now, we all saw what Florida State – you know, they Florida State finished to be a 6-6 six and six team. But, you know, the first three and a half quarters of that game, that was a nip-and-tuck game. And that's who Florida State was prior to the injury to uh, DeAndre Francois, their quarterback. Um so Alabama for strength of schedule gets a lot of props for at, at the very least scheduling that game and then manhandling Florida State um, because you go by they, the the committee, I'm assuming, went by what Florida State was at the beginning of the season and not necessarily penalizing Alabama for what Florida State became. Hell, you can make a case that Alabama exposed, exposed Florida State, but that's another story for another day. Um, that being said, I think the loss to Iowa really, really hurt uh, Ohio State. Um, if they had lost to Iowa by three points on a last-second field goal, I could. If you put if you put Ohio State in with a two losses, and you know that's that's their second loss as far as losing 
you know, a last second field goal. I, I have no beef with that. But to go to Iowa and get blown, get your doors blown off by 31 points, you can't put Alabama on the same field as Iowa and Iowa's going to win, let alone beat them for 31 points. And I think ultimately that's what came to bite Ohio State. And it's like you said, Ken, a precedent was set last year as far as conference championships. So, yeah, while Ohio State won their conference championship, Ohio State got in last year despite not winning their conference championship when Penn State had the same gripe last year that Ohio State had this year. So, you know, it's the committee at the very least has been consistent. Your conference championship matters, but it don't matter. It doesn't hold as much weight. So, you know, in the old system, in the old BCS system, you win your conference championship, you're in, you know, so it, it they've gotten away from it. So I think the way that it's formatted, yeah, you got to get all, I mean, you got to get Alabama in there. I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I can't really make a strong case for Ohio State being in. And, and keep in mind, even in that championship game, Ohio State barely beat, you know, Wisconsin. So, you know, here it is. They're the fourth team. I just can't make a, I can't make a case for you leapfrogging Alabama when you, you know, you won, but you struggled to win over Wisconsin. Now, if, if Ohio State goes into that game and blows the doors off of Wisconsin, let's say they win by 30, you get no beef from me. I, I put Ohio State in. But, you know, those teams look a little bit more even than they did, you know, Ohio State being the superior. In this case, you know, I got to go with uh, with Alabama. And, of course, this set a whole bunch of people off, people talking about SEC bias and all of this stuff like that. But I think the four best teams got in. And, you know, ultimately, the way that the system is set up now, man, you really you really got to if you really got to go undefeated or or at the very least lose one game and lose that game. No, no later than week seven or eight of the season, because if not, you're going to be in trouble. So we'll we'll talk more as we get closer and closer to uh, New Year's Day and those games. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. And it should be some great battles. Um Let's take it to the NFL. Uh, This past weekend, man, we saw some suspensions handed out left and right. Of course, we had a suspension uh, last week, but that was for chain snatching and fighting. Uh, This past week, uh, Rob Gronkowski, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Greg Ilola, I think that's how you pronounce his name, were all suspended for hits that they delivered on the field. Um, The hits from uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, he laid out Vontez Burfitt last night on Monday Night Football. And, um, you know, George Ayalola, he he hit, uh, I think it was Antonio Brown, um, helmet-to-helmet hit as a- Antonio Brown made a, a catch. Uh, Burfitt was laid out and had to be taken off on a stretcher, entered concussion protocol. Uh, Brown was not, you know, knocked out of the game, but uh, he was nonetheless, Ayalola was not thrown out of the game but suspended for the hit. And then the hit that Rob Gronkowski made, um, defensive back gets an interception. He is laying on the ground defenseless. Gronk drives on him as he's laying on the ground, throws an elbow to the back of the head, knocks the guy out. He's concussed. And, you know, Gronk does not get thrown out of the game uh, as well. So I'll start right there with you, FIFO, man. What did you think about these suspensions? Now, that the NFL has already come down and said these suspensions will all be upheld. So, each of them will be serving, you know, their, their one game suspension. Um, were the suspensions just, or you think it was too much, or not enough? Oh man, I think um, Gronk deserved more 
because that wasn't in the field of play. Mm -hmm. they, they weren't, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, the play was over. Yeah, he was laying down out of bounds, exactly. nonetheless. Laying down out of bounds, got the rock. You know, it's our ball, and then you come and do something like that was super cheap. So to me, that deserves more games because that that's just not in the game of football. That that's not any part of any type of rule. That's not a judgment call. That's you taking matters into your own hands and doing some vigilante really type stuff. So that deserves at least three to five. To me, three to five games. Uh, in terms of the other ones, one or two games I think is fair, mainly because it was in the scope of the game. When Juju Smith uh, Schuster hit Vontez Perfect, and then I thought it was karma. The first time when I first saw it, I was like, man, that's karma for all the stuff he did. That's neither here nor there. When Juju hit him, to me, that's that's a football type play. Yeah, he hit him a little high, but you know, if this was the the the, the 80s, the 70s. Even the 90s, that's a legal play. That's mm -hmm. a play on. There ain't no foul, no fine, no nothing. You know, so when, when, that's a bang-bang play. I don't think that he was trying to be dirty, but then when you try, then when he taunts him, that's when he crosses the line. And that's when I think that you have to look at it and give him two games. Um, I, again, I'm cool with one game for the hit. The taunting, I think that deserves a little bit. Because, come on, man. Like, you know. But I also get it. Coming from a little wide receiver, knocking out a linebacker, you're feeling big about yourself. I get it. <laughs> you know, so I kind of understand. One or two games, I'm cool with that one. Uh, in terms of uh, I, I Loka, uh, mm -hmm. that hit in, uh, against Antonio Brown, uh, it looks worse in slow motion. Because when you see it in slow motion, he didn't lead with the helmet. He led with his shoulder. But he only hit Antonio Brown's head. And the way it moves, and then how he hits that ground, Mm. I was like, oh, my Jesus. This, see, this is why I can't play no football. I, all I needed was one year, freshman high school. It was a wrap for me. I already knew it. I'm a basketball player through and through. Couldn't do it because hits like that happen all the time, all the time. And that right there, man, I, I think, again, one or two games. But that is one of the hardest plays to control because at the end of the day, the DB is taught. I know I'm not going to get this interception. I'm not going to get a hand on this ball. I need to knock this dude the hell out. And if you're flying that fast, you're just trying to hit in the vicinity with that shoulder. And unfortunately, Antonio Brown's head was just in the way. Um, so that 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 hit right there, man, I'm okay with one game. I'm okay with one game. There it is. There it is. What about you, Ken? Uh, those suspensions, man. Uh, George Iola, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Gronk. Uh, was the league too heavy, not heavy enough, or, or just right? Yeah, um, I get Iola. Um, you know, he, he yeah, I, I get that one. I'm okay with that one if, if that's what they want to do. Uh, Smith Schuster, nah, man, that 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 was a good hit. <laughs> that was a good hit. He he laid out perfect and perfect. We all know has a tendency of doing that. Uh, the taunting was a little much. Maybe they should have ejected him. You know from the game for that. I gave him a personal a flagrant or something like that. But, um, but nah, hit like that. You got, you got to celebrate that. You got to taunt him. Um, you know, cause he, 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 I mean, he, look, he depleted him. Like this dude was up off the ground. Um, so I think that was, um, a little much, man. Um, I don't think he needed to be, uh, suspended for that one. Uh, Gronk, man, this dude has been getting away with with 
murder for quite some time there. Uh, Watch your words, Ken. Watch your words. (laughs) You can't use murder in the Patriots again. True, 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 true. Gronk, man, he's been getting away with a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff um, over the years. Um, Things that black players can't get away with, partying, you know, um, (laughs) going on shows, doing all kind of crazy stuff. It's fun. You know, he's such a fun guy. And um, and for him to do what he did after the play was dead because he was upset deserves more than one game. Because you're telling me that what Smith-Schuster did in the course of play is equal to what Gronkowski did after a play was dead. Within, and, and you can both say both were, were intent. But his intent was different based on the 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 events that happened before they occurred, right? So Gronkowski was upset that he didn't get a call. The ball was picked off, so he went and attacked the guy standing on the ground. You know, Smith Schuster you know, this is in the, the field of play. Like, they're running a play, running back's coming, here's the guy coming, bam, I'm going I'm to I'm hit him with my shoulder, clean hit, and then, you know, the guy's down. Like, I, I just feel like they're they're different, but it should have been more than just one. It should have been two. I mean, the guy launched himself, propelled himself into the guy's head. Now, the NFL say they care about, like, safety. He hit the mm. dude in the back of the net, right? In the back mm. of the net. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We saw what happened to Shazir when when he got his when he his neck got kind of uh smushed together. Like that's a serious spot. That's the spine. What happens if I don't know, the you know, he he hit a vertebrae or something like that, and then all of a sudden this guy can't walk. You know, so we don't see a lot of plays like that. On the field happened a lot, um, but anytime you got a chance to uh, set a precedent, then you should. And I don't think Gronk should be any different. And the nerve of him to even try to appeal it, like what, dude? Are you serious? <laughs> like white privilege ain't I, that I don't go that damn far. Like what are you talking about? But um, but hey, might as well try it. But um, nah, he should have been at least at least two or three games and I got to applaud Bill Belichick for immediately going out there and saying, Hey man, that's, that's not how we do. Um, and apologizing to the coach because anybody watching this know it's wrong. And for all of you guys on Twitter that actually have the nerve to try to <laughs> defend this guy. Who defended so, him? Oh, there were people on Twitter defending Gronk. Oh yeah, there were. Stop. Are you stop. serious? For real? Oh, nah, you yeah. can't defend that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was a lot of people defending him, man. I'm glad I wasn't on Twitter that day. Wow. I, I didn't even say anything. I was just like, y'all must be Patriot fans. You know how they do. <laughs> Still, man, wrong. Dirty is dirty. Wrong is wrong. Patriots been doing dirty and wrong stuff their whole since since Brady got in the league. B. <laughs> <laughs> what's your take on it B what's your take on those three uh, hits and, and the suspensions that followed I actually I actually just saw the uh, Gronk hit I didn't see the other the other two hits the other hit how the hell you didn't see the Gronk hit 
I said only only hit I saw was the Gronk hit. Oh, okay. Game last week. Yeah, I didn't see I didn't see the other ones. I mean, the ones that when I was watching Sports Center, the ones they kept replaying was the Gronk hit. So I didn't even see the other hits. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, as a fantasy football player that has him on his team, I'm like, what are you doing? You stupid. Now you cost me a playoff win, but on the serious, hey, it ser- always goes back to fantasy. I know, but on a serious note, you know, I'm just glad that guy didn't seriously get hurt because, like Ken said, he went for his neck. What if he would have paralyzed him and do wouldn't be walking? You know what I'm saying? So that part right there was the serious. That's not funny um, thing. And and just like Ken, I was like, man, I hope that dude he he better get a suspension. He better get something. You know, even though I wouldn't like it. As a fantasy owner, but I'm like, he better get he better get something. They better lay down the uh lay down the law. I I personally think he should have got maybe two games, you know, uh instead of just one. Um I thought one was a little bit of light work, but you know, that's neither here nor there. I'm pretty sure the Patriots fans are listening it's gonna hate me for that, but I don't care. Um but yeah, I, I just think the grunt hit was just a little too much, man. Like like people said, the dude was out of body, like he was out of play. And then you just go come from behind and just whack him like that. That's the, that's crazy. So, yeah, that that was that was that was a bad look, but a good look on on Belichick to step in, like Ken mentioned, um, you know, to show that hey, you don't get down like that, baby. So, but yeah, I just think Grunk should have possibly got two, if you want to kind of lay, if you really want to set an example on, on, you know, making dirty hits like that, you're just not supposed to do that. True indeed, true indeed. Um, I think uh, the the, uh, the Iola hit, um. That's a it's a bang bang play uh, in college. You know they'll they'll throw you out for that kind of hit. Um, and the NFL probably should adapt the kind of targeting rule that they have in college. But these players are so big and so fast. And uh, to be honest, you, you can't afford to throw out stars of the game. So you know that's not going to happen. Um, it's a bang bang play. Haven't played receiver. You know, luckily I hadn't taken a lot of those hits. But um. You know, like FIFO said, it looked a lot worse in slow motion, but I'm I just I cringe when I see guys lead with their head because we all played football and when we were taught to, to play football and, and you know we're older than the kids and I call them kids who are playing football now. The first thing that you're taught when you're taught how to tackle is you're taught to hit what you see and to see what you hit. And even in the case of uh, um, my man who hurt his neck um, for Pittsburgh, you know, it's the case of him. His head was down. And, and of course, now his, his this wasn't a, an Ill- illegal hit or anything like that. Uh, Ryan Shazier, that's what I'm talking about. Um, you know, Shazier, his, his head was down. So his head, he was looking at the ground as he was striking the play. And that's why his neck bent the way that it did. And, you know. If you're a certain age and maybe most of the people who are listening to this podcast probably don't remember um, Daryl Stingley, uh, you know, back in the day getting paralyzed. And and so we had those uh, Nick Bonacani's son um, getting paralyzed on the football field just from, you know, hitting someone with your head down and snapping your spine. Um, And it looked real scary out there last night because he did that and he was laying on the ground and his legs were not moving at all. Um, and so when you couple that with the hits, uh, you know, that George Iola had and then the hit that Juju Smith-Schuster had, uh, I I ain't going to lie. I used to love that hit. <laughs> um, 
I used to love that hit. We had we practiced that hit when I played football in college. And um, I remember I hit somebody like that one time in a game. And uh, I'll never forget, <laughs> I'll never get a real quick story. Uh, the guy was a defensive end. This guy had to be a, he had to be at least about six, five, about six, five, two seventy five. And I peeled back. He was chasing after our running back. I peeled back and I put everything that I had into my little one hundred seventy five pound body into into that hit. And I laid him out and I stood over him just like that. And he he wasn't knocked out. But when he got up, he said, number 12, when I when I see you, I'm going to kick your ass after the game. (laughs) He said he's going to kick my ass after the game. (laughs) So naturally, I was trying to hide from this dude after the game. Fortunately for me, he just came over and gave me that. But the moral of the story is I used to love that hit, man. In football nowadays, when I see that hit, all I see is concussions. All I see is these guys 10, 15 years from now struggling from, I mean, like I cringe when I see that kind of hit now, man. It's just, I'm thinking long-term now. And I didn't think like that when I was 20 years old. And obviously these guys, they, they get paid wealth. They get, they get paid a lot of money to play a kid's game and they're, you know, trading on their bodies. And I get it. Um, I was the suspension justified. It's, it's kind of, I'm in the middle on this because like, I, I think Ken, you made the point a couple of years ago, that was just a regular block. Like you wouldn't even get in a flag for that, let alone for him to get suspended. I think if Shazier doesn't get hurt in that game, maybe we don't even see suspensions for the two of these guys. Um, Gronk, boy, they really let Gronk slide on this one, man. I, I think Gronk should have gotten three. I said, get him three games. Let him appeal, knock it down to two. You know, the fact that he appealed was, I mean, he had a lot of damn nerve to be appealing when, and then, and I don't know if you guys caught it, but like after the game, they asked him why. And he's almost, it's almost like he was trying to justify why he did it. You, There's no justification for that. That was wow, dirty. That's crazy. Yeah. He was like, well, you know, DBs have been pulling on me all year and I just get, I just got frustrated. There's nothing. The perfect way to explain that is just, look, I lost it. I lost my cool. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. It'll never happen again. That's all you can really say. Anything outside of that sounds like an excuse, man. And he was almost, if you listen to his press conference, he was almost borderline defending what he did. And I know he was answering the question, but he could have answered the question a whole lot better than the way that he did. And, um, you know, they and, and don't get me wrong. I like Gronk. I don't like the Patriots, but I like Gronk. But um, he really should have gotten three games for that because that was Bush League. That was dirty. There's no play. You always hear players talk about, well, there's no place for such and such in, in our game. There's no place for that. This guy was laying on his stomach. He wasn't even paying attention to what's going on. Gronk got a running start and dove into it. And keep in mind, Gronk is 6'7", 275, throwing all of that weight and an elbow to the back of the neck. And then now this guy's in concussion protocol. You know, so it's nah. He should have gotten three games at the very least, three games, because uh, that's how you send a message. But that was that was bush league as hell. And if I'm that guy's teammates, I'm kicking their asses for not fighting Gronk. But then again, you know, Gronk six seven two seven five. Maybe they didn't want no smoke. I don't know. But um, nobody stepped up to fight Gronk. Somebody should have swung on him or something. At least kick him in the knee. Um, but I digress. But yeah, that we'll we'll see how it plays out. But as of right now. All of these suspensions have been upheld, so they will all be sitting out this upcoming week. Um, FIFO mentioned a little earlier, the balls are back in the news again. Uh, As the ball turns, uh, we talked about (laughs) LeVar Ball 
and his family uh, it seemed like about a month or so ago when LeVar announced that he would be pulling uh, LaMelo, his youngest son, out of high school, out of Chino Hills High to be homeschooled. Uh, now, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, he has made a verbal commitment to UCLA. Uh, but the big news came uh, as LeVar Ball has removed uh, his son, Leangelo, who is a freshman at UCLA. Uh, you all familiar with the story. Leangelo was in China with his basketball team, um, got caught stealing some sunglasses from Louis Vuitton, uh, spent some time in jail, I guess, a day and a half in jail, and the rest of the time was in a hotel in China, um, subsequently came back to the United States. And we talked about it when they came back. Uh, they were suspended indefinitely. Um, but LaVar, has, he thinks that you know UCLA has really taken the suspension too far, and he looked at the possibility of LiAngelo missing the entire season, and you know he's quite fed up with it. So he has pulled LiAngelo out of UCLA, uh, and he said basically he is going to prepare himself for the draft. Um, I'm going to throw this to you, FIFO, because I've never seen LiAngelo play. Uh, what's next for this kid, and is he a NBA prospect? Um, if you let the scouts tell it, they don't think he's an NBA prospect. Um, some people don't even think he's good enough for the G League. Wow. Me personally, I always thought he was the weakest one out of the three. I think Lamelo's going to be the best one, but I think Leangelo is a NBA basketball player. Wait, I, I mean, you think, think Lamelo's going to be better than? Uh, Lonzo. Lonzo? Yes. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, because because what Lonzo's doing right now, LaMelo, he doesn't have that mentality. He's not pass first. He's, I'm going to go get buckets. So when you have that type of mentality, that, that that's just different. You know, um, you could go out there and you, and if you get buckets, you get buckets. But when you try to get other people involved and, you know, you, you, you may not have other parts of your game developed enough to help in that. That's that's difficult. But when you get buckets, you don't. It doesn't matter what you do. You're gonna get buckets. So, but that that's the reason why I think Leangelo is a NBA basketball player because he gets buckets too. You got to remember the way that these three guys played together in high school. Lonzo was the athlete that could run up and down. He got a lot of alleys and stuff. But he, all he was trying to do was just pass the ball ahead, play fast, um, hit the kick uh, whenever whenever they hit um, hit him back. Hit the step back three. Uh, Leangelo was a bully. He he knows how to use his body. I like that about him. He does have touch, and this man can catch and shoot. If you can catch and shoot in the NBA, especially right now, there's a job waiting for you. So to me, teams like the Atlanta Hawks, the Philadelphia 76ers, um, they need to look at this guy. They need to look at this guy for real. Okay. And the reason, okay. and the reason being, is because of their system, mm-hmm. the way that they pass the ball from left to right. If Cal Corver is in the league, Leangelo can play in the league. You know what I'm saying? Because he's that style of player. He's not going to beat you one on one. He doesn't have handles, doesn't have moves, but he can get open. He can create enough separation for his moves. But he's not going to dominate. I don't think he's going to be 20, 25 point scorer in the NBA. I think he'll be uh, low to mid teens, if that. I don't know if he's going to be a starter because he has to work way. He has to improve way on the defensive side. We know in the NBA you got to be able to guard your position. Oh, definitely. Um, and 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 we'll see. We'll see. But I think he has enough skills, enough talent, enough shooting ability 
that any team would want his services. Now, that comes with the LeVar Ball and the Big Baller brand and everything that comes with it. So, obviously, you have to have the type of organization that can handle that. Similar to the Lakers, because now nobody outside of uh, or no uh, Laker guest can be allowed to uh, be interviewed now. Right. So 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 that's the LeVar Ball rule, which I'm OK with. But wait, 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 type- How, it's, wait, explain that again, because I, I heard about that, but I didn't read up. OK, on so, it. so basically, how does it work? basically no guest of an NBA Laker player can be interviewed. So only Laker players can be interviewed. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. but th- those are the type of things that you do. You nip things in the bud. You know, you don't let things uh, fester that are, are, are issues and problematic. So I think that if he goes to a strong organization, I even think San Antonio can use a guy like him. He, I think he's going to be like a Danny Green guy. He just has to buy in on the defensive side. He has to work. We saw that he got his body right before the season. So so if that's in any indication of the type of work ethic he has to try to make the next level, I think he can make the next level. And I also believe that it'll probably be in his best interest to to get drafted in the second round or go undrafted. And the reason and I said this a couple of weeks ago, you get to the money quicker. Ask Draymond Green. Ask uh, 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 Paul Millsap. You know, you get to sign a larger contract quicker because you have less guaranteed years. So it may not it may not be bad. But at the same time, like I alluded to earlier, this cannot be the way that LeVar Ball envisioned everything happening and going down. I know he still says that all three of his boys are going to play for the Lakers. We'll see how that happens. <laughs> I, I, we'll see. I don't hey, hey, you know, but, but there's no way in hell that this is the way you envisioned it or you had it planned out. Where your eldest and supposedly the best one out of the three is struggling. The second one doesn't even play in college. And the third one is not even in high school. So I, I, I just, that's not how it was supposed to go down. But, but this is the beauty and the genius of LeVar Ball. It doesn't matter. Whatever he does, he's built the hype machine so big that whenever he makes a move, it's, it's, it's going to be documented. People are going to talk about it. It doesn't matter anymore what his boys do. The brand will live on. The, the other two will get in the NBA somehow, some way. And as long as at least one of these guys is a legit star, Big Baller Brand is going to live on forever, man. And he's going to pave the way for a lot of new business models for these kids coming into the league. Uh, you know, it's just shaking it up, man. And, and, and that's the aspect of it I love. I don't like the fact that he's teaching his kids whenever there's adversity. Oh, don't worry, Big Daddy got you. I'm going to just pull you out that fire. Nah. Sometimes you got to deal with that stuff. That's how you learn, you know. But outside of everything else, man, I, look, Leangelo's going to be a basketball, uh, NBA basketball player. LaMelo's going to be the best one. LeVar Ball is the big baller brand. And, and, and life will go on, you know. Uh, we still live in Atlanta. Every, everything's going to keep turning, man. Okay, okay, okay. B, what about you, man? Um, <laughs> the big baller brand strikes again. Uh, Leangelo is... Like I said, he's not in school now. Uh, he, he he's gonna be, I, I guess, preparing for the NBA draft. Uh, what's your thoughts on this kid, man? Do you think he has a legitimate shot at making the uh, the NBA? I know I saw a quote from Woj and um, uh, Steve Wojnarowski 
from ESPN. He said that this he's not even on the, anybody's radar. Yeah, I, I've never even seen him do play. Um, so I don't know if he's that good to where he can still make the G League. Or, I mean, I guess he must be somewhat good if he's able to play in the college level, but we haven't had a chance to see that because, <laughs> you know, I completely agree with free photo, man. Like, um, him taking his sons out, it's just like, just because he's showing a little bit of adversity doesn't mean you just get up and quit. The same way when he walked out and quit because the refs wasn't calling the call. It's just like you showing that when things get rough, just tuck in and go. And I mean that shouldn't that should not be the case. I don't like I don't like that message that he's putting out to not only his sons but other young you know high schoolers or young guys playing basketball thinking that that's cool. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I think he. I mean, of course, clearly he's the wackest out of the three. <laughs> Oh, you know, I ain't gonna say wackest because I never seen him play. But obviously, he—I guess he just don't have the personality like. Right, him. I know what you mean. That's just, yeah, just yeah, sounded yeah, funny. Like never, no one's never saying, "Oh man, check him out." Like at least you hearing something about you know Melo and Lonzo. Like, oh man, you need to check these guys out. No one's saying anything about Leangelo. Like no one. So that I mean, I just assume to say the dude is but, all right. You know, like but, he might. But be you good. know what, B? They don't mention him because he's not as flashy as the other two were in high school. But he led the state of California in points per game. The man was averaging 30-some points a game. And obviously, they play a fast pace. They shoot up a lot of threes, but the man can score. He scored. I think he he holds, like, the number three and number four all-time points in a game record. You know what I'm saying? I think he I think he's on the top ten list like two, maybe three times, um, scoring into the sixties and seventies. Um, obviously LaMelo scored, what was it, nine ninety something. So I you know, I think I think he's like number one or number two. But um, you know, like like he gets buckets. He gets buckets. And you B, you already know when you're playing with on the squad, not everybody can do everything. Some some people gotta just be be a shooter. You know what I'm saying? That's what he was, and that's what he's good at. And yeah, he may not be on the radar, but it's not that he can't play, and it's not that he can't shoot. And when you can shoot how he can shoot, somebody's gonna give you a look. Or even can if he shoot that good? He can shoot that good. He's knocked no. down. He's knocked down. You ain't, you ain't got to question it. He's a knocked down three point shooter. Mm. I don't see if they believe it. He and you know what he he has. He has the most normal jump shot out the three. Oh, yeah. I'm hmm. not okay. Okay. What about you, Ken? Uh, <laughs> Leangelo, man. Uh, the big baller brand is moving on. Uh, they're taking, you know, Lee. Le- I guess you could make a case that LeVar took his ball and, and he went home. Um, what's your thoughts on this kid and, and what's next for him? This is a black show, right? Well, I, there's not a lot of <laughs> black sports shows that really black people that really cover like sports like us right not not no not, and, and not to keep it a buck like we do not right right this is a black show i, I want to because I, I think i need to put that qualifier out there uh when i say what i'm gonna say because one of the first things that came to mind when i saw this was i could tell you not married to a damn black woman because ain't no way in hell Hey, I, was black woman. Same, I was thinking the same thing like a few days ago. I said, man, you, you feel boy, me? If he was married to a black woman, oh my God. Ain't no way in hell. No way. She gonna Ain't let no him way. pull that boy out of a free education. Yep. College. She he'll hear about that every day. Every yep. day. And I was like, you can tell that's why I, that's how you can tell he married to a white woman. Yep. Because that shit ain't gonna happen in a black household. 
Y'all know, y'all know, y'all know I'm not, y'all know I'm not uh, lying, man. Yo, black uh, household like we know. Man, nope. Man, hey, you walk in that walk in that house, especially if we don't go to the league. Yo, no league having ass son, Lamelo out here looking sleeping in the bed. But your ass want to take him out. He could have got a free edu- college education, but no. <laughs> Big baller brand. That's what you want to be, huh? Big baller <laughs> my ass. Nah, man. But, you know, for for me, man, I, I think we're starting to see, like, um, LeVar Ball is, is starting to – everything is turning against him now. And this is the end of it. I, I disagree with, with Ralph when he says that um, because of the hype machine that he's built that, you know, he's going to continue – that he'll be able to continue at this pace. I think this may ha- may send him on a on a downward spiral because when you try to say that when you got back to America and that you everything should be good and all should be forgiven. Honestly, I think Trump may have been right. He is ungrateful. And if you're going to pull that kid out of college after what they did for him, it shows. And um and I hope he don't don't ruin that that kid's college, uh, future, man. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, you. I, I'm I'm like you, Ken. I don't have a lot to add. I think um, <sighs> that's funny. Uh, I I think Levar, man. He, I, I would never to particularly a parent who I think is doing you know what they feel is best for their children, as long as they're not doing nothing stupid. You know, I'm not going to tell the next man how to raise his children. Um, you know, LeVar Ball has three sons, and so do I. Um, how he's going about it, and I mentioned this on other podcasts, how he's going about it, I wouldn't handle it with my three sons, but my three sons aren't in the position. But if they were in the position that they were in, you know, I think at some point in time as a parent, you have to kind of let go and let them kind of figure some things out on their own. I don't necessarily know that, let's say, LeAngelo had to sit out this year. Would it have hurt LeAngelo to sit out this year, come back next year, you know, be dope, you know, let people see what he can do and then take his talents to the NBA as a sophomore? I, I don't think that would have been what's the rush? The NBA is not going anywhere. You know what I mean? And I, I think if he's not on a guy like, you know, Woj's radar, you know, maybe another year of college ball would help him, you know, to be that. Maybe you're running a tournament. Um, I think, I think, you know, I, I enjoyed the, uh, <laughs> the interview that he had with, uh, Cromo a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, man, I think LeVar, this, this is, he's been very, I guess, uh, he, his, his steps have been in, in the right direction, I guess, if you will, uh, leading up to this point. Or I, at least I could, I'll say I could see where his steps were going. This move I don't understand. You know, I kind of gave him some slack for pulling LeAngelo out of school, but um, I mean, excuse me, Lamelo out of school. But this one, this doesn't make any sense because yeah, you can go get him ready for the NBA, but you know, he's not. He may not even get a. a he may not even get a, a an invite. And then he. This is a year of him not being able to play competitive basketball. Um. And, you know, there's a strong belief that, you know, Steve Alford and UCLA will wash their hands of, you know, the ball family altogether because 
there's some serious questions as to whether or not LaMelo will even be eligible to play college ball at UCLA, even though he's verbally committed to go there. But, you know, with his ties to the big baller brand and everything like that, his amateurism may be in question. So, you know, Steve Alford could be done with the ball family altogether, you know, in one fell swoop. Um, I wish this kid well, man. I just, I, I hope, and we've talked about it before, man. I just hope that the kids are okay with what their dad is doing. And I know, you know, we all have fathers and uncles and grandfathers and, and you know, we look up to those men and those men help mold us in our lives, in our lives. But, you know, these are decisions that you have to live with for the rest. I don't want these dudes you know, to be 20, 20, 30 years down the line talking about, man, I wish daddy had done it like this. Or I wish daddy hadn't gotten in the way I could have made it. or I could have made something of myself and harbor, you know, some type of resentment towards, um, um, you know, LaVar. So we'll see how it goes, man. It, this is this is a bizarre move. I don't I don't really understand it. And you know, I, I heard a little bit of his interview today and. You know, he almost went as far as blaming the, the UCLA coaches for not chaperoning the players for shoplifting. I'm like, come on, come on, LeVar. Come on, man. Really? Chaperoning? These are young adults. They, you know. It's like he's blaming everyone. Yeah, he's blaming everybody. Like, you knew, your son knew what he was doing when he took those shades. You know, and, you know, one thing I, I tell my kids, and I would say this to any parent out there, you know, never absolve your kids when they're wrong. When they're wrong, they're wrong. And let them know that they're wrong. And that doesn't mean that you don't love them. But you're not going to uphold them when they're wrong. And he was wrong as two left feet. So, you know, I don't know, man. I just, LeVar, this, this one's weird to me. I don't know how this one's going to shape out. So, um, moving on. Staying with the NBA. Uh, Ken, you mentioned a little earlier Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's been in the news uh, a lot here lately. Uh, like you said last night, he almost got into a fight with uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Um, so, we got to talking, and I think Ken threw the question out about, Kevin Durant underachieving as opposed to, you know, a question as to his career, you know. So I guess the question is, do you think he's underachieved to this point? Ken, so since you had the question out there, what's your take on that? What What do you think about Kevin Durant's legacy and where he is as far as whether or not what he's achieved thus far? Okay. So Kevin Durant, obviously, when he came into the league, like I watched him play in college, one of my favorite players. I couldn't wait for him to come out, come into the, into the league. Always felt that he should have been take, Portland should have took him over. Greg Oden hit the stage, 20 points, uh, rookie year. And all the way up until that, you know, about his third year, he was, what, putting up 30. We just knew Kevin Durant was going to be, like, the second best player in, in the NBA. He was going to get nets. Like, he was coming for LeBron's crown. And there was a time when people were saying that he was better than LeBron because of everything that he could do on the court. And he played in the finals. He lost to LeBron. Um, continued to have good seasons. But it almost feels like even though he got a ring, he got a participation ring. And, and, and I'm thinking, like, man, this guy – basically should be the best player in the league. And, yeah, he has a title. Yeah, he can ball out and everybody knows his talent. But it almost feels like he didn't maximize it. And I know that sounds weird. I know it sounds weird because people look at the accolades and the stats. (laughs) But I'm like, like, when I think about Kevin Durant, and the abilities and the talent and, the, like, he could do everything. Like, I'm thinking, like, bro, we should be talking about you 
on, on, in the in the same breath that we talk about MJ, like you're supposed to be leading your team to multiple titles, back to back titles, three times title, not jumping on a squad. Somebody, it being your squad, OKC was that, and it feels like he's underachieved. Like the only way he was able to get a, able to get a ring was to go join a, a seventy three and nine team. So I don't know, man. It it just feels like. He took the easy way out. Am I tripping? No, you're not tripping. You're not tripping. He 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 took the easy way out, but that does not mean he has not maximized his abilities. He has maximized his abilities. And remember the conversation we were having at the Dinner Hip Hop shoot. LeBron has never had an iconic coach. Neither has Kevin Durant. And and I think I think that's big in basketball, man. I think that because it's it. it it is individualistic because one guy can change the tide, a la LeBron, a la MJ, right? Like like those singular figures, AI, you know what I'm saying? Like those guys can just propel you because they're that great. They affect that much of a basketball game. But at the same time, you need that coach to help manage everything else. Because as a star player, you can, you can do but so much. Right. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, you can't control the other guys. You can't put the other guys always in position to succeed. Right. Like, that's why I always say basketball is checkers and chess. Like the, the, the checkers is in the game, but the chess is the game plan. It, it's, it's the foundation, the fundamentals. How, how are we going to attack? What are our principles? Right. And when you put, and when you watch LeBron, it's always been LeBron centric. KD's career outside of Golden State has been KD centric instead of even though the the uh, Jordan and the Bulls were MJ centric, but it was spread out, right? Like John Paxson hit big shots. You know what I'm saying? Everybody understood what their job was. It wasn't just on Jordan. Here, Jordan, like just do everything. He did that, and it didn't work until he got filled. Right. And if you look at all of the other greats, they've had guys to put them in position. Steve Curry is going to go down as one of the greatest coaches to coach in the NBA. It just it is what it is. And right now he's a top three coach in the NBA. He's he's going to be an iconic coach. KD is now getting that. KD alluded to that the first year in Golden State when he says, man, these guys do so many things different here. Right. Like he had to get accustomed to that. That speaks volumes. Because nobody has been able to maximize his talent in that way. Now we're starting to see that. Now that's why he's blossoming. But I understand where you're coming from, where it's he had to join the gang already. The gang was already assembled. Yeah, they could be better with you, but they don't need you. He needed to go to a squad. And I understand when you're that type of generational talent, you want to be the foundation, the the, the glue, the, the first piece of the puzzle. But that puzzle requires a lot of different pieces, and the front office is heavily involved. And Sam Presti did a damn good job, but he just was never able to give him the type of coach he needed to get him over that over that hump. And 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 sometimes that's what happens, you know. And I, KD yeah. in this NBA as a free agent chose the best place to win, because at the end of the day, when you're that great, isn't that what you're going to be judged by? Where else could he have gone to truly compete for championships like that? You know what? Outside of I, OKC. Yeah, and, and you know what I think it is? It's, it's almost like he, he – well, we know he did this. It, it was a cheat code, right? So when you look at KD's career when it's all over, 
and you put the numbers up, you put the achievements up, you put the titles up, because more than likely he's going to win more than one at Golden State. And you look at that, but like, man, that was a man. This dude, like, what a, what a career, man! Multiple titles, scoring champion, MVP, like, this dude had it all. But then you kind of, when you really dive into like that career and and start to break it out, you be like, oh well. He kind of cheated to get there. Now, you can say LeBron did the same thing because he did. You know, he went to Miami, and, yeah, that first year was, you know, nip and tuck between him and Wade, and they went there and they lost, and then Wade said, okay, here, you got the keys, and then all of a sudden, you know, things started to change, and they went back-to-back, they lose the fourth, and then LeBron. But what LeBron did was LeBron, you know, Wade started to fall off, LeBron carried the team. We've seen LeBron carry not only the Heat, but multiple teams, right? And then he went to Cleveland, and he went against the juggernaut that is the Golden State Warriors, and with the aid of Kyrie hitting that one big shot, he won a title, right? Everywhere we see LeBron do and we see what LeBron does, like it's always on him. He's recognized as the best player in the world. And at one point, we were sitting there like, man, we were like, man, KD is right there behind him. And for a while, KD's career was on that uh, trajectory. And then he got hurt. Then Westbrook came along. Westbrook became the alpha dog. And then KD was like, all right, I'm out. And it's like, no, that's – it's the Michael Jordification, I guess, of basketball. Like, that's not what we want to see because of what we've seen. In no, him. you see, see, no, Ken, that, that's why I completely disagree. Because of all of the movement, that's what engages the fans. Because now look at all of these possibilities, right? Like, like I, I, I completely disagree. I think KD going to Golden State was one of the best things to happen to basketball. And I told you guys that it was going to happen before it even happened. Is one of the best things to happen to basketball because super teams are great for the NBA. The collection of talent accumulated on one team is great for the NBA because it sets the bar high. It means that you have to pull out all stops to compete because there's certain teams and, and, and it doesn't matter what era the NBA there's going to be a handful of teams truly competing, a handful of playoff teams and a handful of teams saying, you know what, we got to figure this stuff out. But at the top and even some of those playoff contending teams, it makes them pull out the stops, especially now with free agency, with trades. Don't we want to see Jaleel Okafor get a shot somewhere, especially on a playoff contender? Will we not like to see that? Will we not like to see possibly Mark Gasol go somewhere and help somebody out? Ken, the movement in the NBA, the fact that teams or players themselves can move so transient now in the NBA is a good thing because I believe that you're still going to have certain staples, right? Like, I think Kyrie is going to finish his career in Boston. I I think that that's what's going to happen. I think that Kawhi is a staple. Steph Curry is a staple. Those guys ain't going nowhere. James Harden is going to retire Houston Rockets. Those but those are their teams, though. That's just like, but but just but just like in yesteryear, the, the Akeem Olajuwon's, and he didn't finish with Houston. But the Michael Jordans, he didn't finish with Chicago, right? Like those guys stayed primarily with their squads because but, they're the guy. But so that was their team. Yeah, this talk, is not. We talk, but, but, but we talking about superstars, and we talking about role players. We're talking about a superstar that's a, a role player on a on a juggernaut team. He's not a role player. No, I, I, I got to disagree with you on that, Ken. I, I, 
you 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 began by asking, are you tripping? I think you are. Um, I, I understand where you're coming from, but even in me understanding where you're coming from, I am able to tell you that you're tripping. And, I'm, and here's why. Because Durant didn't just show up with that team last year just to be a part. Yeah, he was an integral part of them winning. But let's let's rewind back to the finals, bro. If you don't have Kevin Durant on that team playing the way that he did, they don't win the finals. Oh, period. They're still probably one thousand. No, 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 hell, no, Ken. Triple double. Kyrie was giving exactly. You, exactly. On, now, now, you, keep the can we watch those finals? The difference in the finals. Keep in mind there wasn't much difference between the year before when LeBron and them came back. And this particular finals, the difference was Kevin Durant. Keep in mind, his numbers were better than LeBron's. And I'm not going to sit here and say that he outplayed LeBron. But from him, all the way from him hitting that game-winning shot to each game, game in and game out, I mean, no, the difference was Kevin Durant. So, so no, he didn't just show up to, you know, get a participation okay. trophy. If exactly. he's not on that team, there's if he's not on that team, Go, I'm not going to say Golden State gets swept, but Golden State loses in six. 1,000. You know why? Because Cleveland had a matchup for every other person on that Golden State team. Every exactly. other person. Exactly. LeBron couldn't do nothing with KD. Trump couldn't do nothing with KD. Nobody KD was the, was the only difference in that game. And, and like I said before, right? Like, they had Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. If you if you give Harrison Barnes superpowers, he's KD. That's the difference. <laughs> For real. I if like you that. Give That's Harrison a good one. Barnes superpowers, he's KD, and that was the difference. Yeah, he he didn't just show up just to take the participation. Yes, he did. Now we, I, I, Harrison look, Barnes was a participant. Yeah, you tripping. You KD tripping, was a superstar. There's a difference, Ken. He took the game over. It wasn't mm-hmm. that. It was KD. Yeah. Game in, game out. Yeah, it wasn't Steph. It wasn't Clay. It wasn't Draymond. He was the guy. If you and you go go back and look at this before we finish this podcast, go back and look at the stats. I mean, he kept them consistent. Clay had a game that he was off. Steph had a game that he was off. But he was able to carry this team. And and again, he is going to be the difference maker between this year's uh, Golden State team and whoever they face in the finals, whether it be Cleveland or Boston. Uh, and it's just he's just the difference maker. I'm not going to go as far as saying that he's better than LeBron, but has he underachieved? Hell no, he hadn't underachieved. But he could I have think, been better than LeBron. I don't know that anybody could have been better than LeBron. LeBron is the KD best player there, yeah. that we've seen in, in in this generation. I don't think that Kevin Durant, when you when you look at the totality of what LeBron was when he came in to the league, 20 years old, fresh out of high school. 25 and five first game out. Nobody had never seen anything like that before. We, we, and I'm gonna do a podcast on this. I don't understand why people don't love and se- you don't necessarily have to be a fan, but love and celebrate the talent that is LeBron James. It, this guy is, is phenomenal. And I, I think the problem is going to happen is 10, 15 years from now, people are going to really, really, and, I, and it's, it sounds almost sacrilegious for me to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I don't know that he's appreci- his game is appreciated as it should be. That being said, Kevin Durant, no, he has not underachieved at all. If Kevin Durant does not go to Golden State, we'd be talking about him like he's Carmelo, the guy who, with all his talent, couldn't get a couldn't get a ring. 
and that's what he would be. But no, nah, he. But that's he, why he's I think he took the easy statement. way out, and that's why I think is. But Ken, that's that's where that's where the NBA is at this point. Well, I mean, we said people said the same thing about LeBron. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Ken, 10, 15, 20 years from now, nobody's going to care about that stuff. They're going to talk about what he did, what his stats look like, all of that stuff. We don't talk about the fact that Ray Allen went to this team or went to that team or who or whomever went where. Um, people don't look at it like that. They don't. You know, it, you just look at the bottom line result. And, and maybe underachieve is, is is not the right word. Right. Um, but. The way that, if, if you think about it, the league belonged to LeBron, and then it mm-hmm. belonged for a, a hot minute to Steph Curry. And, you know, we wanted it to belong to Kevin Durant, and he was close to snatching it. I think the MVP season or the year he put up, what what, what year was that, 32, uh, 32 or something? 2014. Yeah, he was, like, right there, man. Like, he was right there. It was like there's – it was his for the taking. And you know what? You know what's the difference, huh? Ken? What's that? He he's not the leader LeBron is. Right. Okay. He's just simply not the leader. And that's the difference between them. Because if you're looking at skills and attributes, KD probably at this point right now checks more boxes than LeBron. Mm-hmm. But LeBron, the leader, his presence, I'm bo- still on both ends of the court, his willingness to be like, we're not going to lose. Is different than KD's. It, it, it just is from a yeah. leader perspective, right? And then we also question KD's clutchness in terms of free throw shooting, shot making, even True. shot taking at times, right? It, it, LeBron has gotten the same criticism, but LeBron, in terms of all, the entire the entirety of a game, how he affects the game, I don't think we've seen that outside of Magic Johnson. And and you know what, you you may not. You know, I, I think ben it goes Simmons. back to it goes back to no, I'm not gonna go that far. <laughs> but you know, b- before I forget, man, we 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 forgot to get B in this. B, what's what's your take on on Ken uh, tripping again? Um, your take on uh, <laughs> on KD's uh, underachieving or not, and his le- overall legacy. Uh, <clears throat> and I think it's, I, I it think, may be more of a legacy. Ken, let B talk, man. Yeah, I was about to say. I, I, I mean, I think Ken is. I think Ken thought of this maybe because of. My my assumption is that the fact that KD went to a seventy three seven and three and nine team mm-hmm. the year before he was one game away from being in the NBA Finals with a pretty pretty good squad in OKC. So I don't know if Ken's basing it off of that, but I mean I think besides I mean besides him going to a seventy three uh, squad seventy three win squad, I think KD I think I mean he's been clearly the second best player. You know, in the last ten years, you know, ten plus so years um, in the league, we always say LeBron is LeBron's league. KD is always the number two guy. Um, even though KD feels that the torch is passed to him when he hit that shot over James, I think he just still feeling the high from finally getting a championship. Um, mm-hmm. Not so fast, KD. But um, I would really say is underachieved. Um, let's have this conversation when he when he retires. I think right. Um, I think, I think that's what I would I would like to you know think about it. Like, let, let's talk about the career once it's all said and done as he as he underachieved. But I think as of right now, I think KD is KD. Does he have a potential to possibly be better than LeBron? I mean, at the, at one point we was like, man, like when I remember it was one year when LeBron was at Miami. I think it was either his last year or second to last year, and KD was just like 
the way he was just doing whatever he wanted to LeBron. Yeah, I just, know, B. yeah. Yeah, it was just like, I mean, me and people had talked about it at the time. He was like, dog, this dude KD is getting scarier and scarier because he's doing whatever he wanted with LeBron. Like, it, that, that was the crazy thing that we saw. Like, that dude could have been the best, but is he the best? No, it's still Le- LeBron James is still the best basketball player in the world. But, I mean, so the fact that he didn't live up to the whole best basketball player, is he underachieved? Let's see what he let's see what he holds. You know, let's see his old man game. Let's see how he does the rest of it, the remainder of his career. Yeah, because he, he's he's just getting into his prime. I right. think Durant's we, what, 27, 20, 28, 29 years old? Yeah, before we get into the whole, you know, he is he underachieved. So let, let's just hold off on that and then before we make that statement. True indeed, true indeed. Uh from time to time, man, we get people, uh most of our a lot of our listeners uh will send us um information and they'll have questions a lot of times people hit us up on twitter uh but we got a, a question from a listener um on our facebook page you can follow us there uh, facebook.com backslash dead in sports among any all, all of the other places where you can find us um so this question comes in from uh, eric uh he said hey guys new fan uh, love the show keep up the good work i have a question for you guys on your next show if you have time can you please talk about the sports journalists on TV, i.e. Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, Colin Cowherd, Skip Bayless, and others. I want to know your pros and cons for them, where you rank them the best, the worst. Uh, love the show. Keep up the good work. I uh, appreciate the uh, comments, Eric. Uh, for all of you listening, if you have any questions that you have for us, uh, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, uh, everywhere. You know where to find us. Uh, Instagram, uh, where we at? You know, YouTube as well. So, um, so let's start there, man. I guess the sports per- personalities that we see on TV, um, who are some of the best and you're some of the worst? Um, I guess I'll go first. Uh, some of my favorites, uh, that's a good question. You know, I probably have more. I don't like, I don't, I don't like guys like, uh, I, well, I can't stand Jason Whitlock. Um, he's a, he's a coon. Um, <laughs> He is. I mean, I just I mean, he's one of the few people in sports. Like if I saw him on the street, I literally would slap him when I saw him. Um, I like I'm not really into the sports personalities, per se. I like the guys who call the games, if you will. Uh, well, as far as per- sports personality, um, big fan, big fan of uh, Bomani Jones. Um, huge fan of Bomani. I listen to his uh, sports talk show every day and his podcast. A really, really cool brother. Um he reminds me a lot of what we do here. Um, and uh, I probably, Bomani's probably my favorite. Um, like I said, as far as Stephen A, I really don't pay attention, a lot of attention to Stephen A. I think Max Kellerman's pretty decent. Um, I like, that's about it, really. I don't, I don't, there's not too many people that I really flock to. Uh, I like game announcers. I know he wasn't talking about game announcers, but I like game announcers like uh, like um, some of the ones that do the college games and and a couple of couple of guys on the NFL games as well. But as far as sports personalities, uh, no, not really any any major favorites really. I like I like the job. I like the TNT crew. I love them. Um, that's, that's those are probably the only sports po- uh, personalities I really like. So I'd say the TNT crew. Uh, as well as Bomani Jones, dislike uh, the coon Jason Whitlock. That's what I got. Um, <laughs> Ken, what about you? Uh, who do you like and dislike out there as far as sports personalities? 
Oh, I watch and follow them all, man. Thanks. Uh, podcast um, help out a lot um, because, you know, some of these shows come on at the same time. Uh, so I'll start with uh, the best, the ones that I like. Um, I like when Stephen A. Smith is black. <laughs> I like <laughs> black, black Stephen A. Smith when he speaks up for the brothers. But sometimes Stephen A. Smith tries to play a little bit, uh, play to the middle sometimes a little bit too much. Um, but when he's he's black because he has such a huge platform and whether people like him or not, uh, he commands attention and people listen. So I like him. I like Matt Kellerman mainly because I, I like uh, how he intellectualizes everything and the type of um, discourse that he brings to the conversation. Um, and, and I like that he challenges Stephen A. Smith in a way that Skip, Bayless never did like Skip Bayless. Uh, we all say as a troll, so he he throws out troll talking points. Max Kellerman um, comes with a lot more than that, and and it really uh, provides such a provides an interesting dynamic. So I, I do like what he brings to the show. Uh, Chris Carter is really quickly becoming one of my favorites because um, he he has a little bit of um, he has Shannon's uh, uh, Shannon Sharp in him. And he also can, you know, talk from a from a very intellectual standpoint. But I'll, I'll, he's no nonsense. He call it the way it is, and and he's quick on his toes. And he be getting at Nick Wright sometimes because Nick Wright is you know Chris Carter played Nick Wright didn't. So Nick Wright is like Skip Bayless without the troll trolling. So Nick Wright is very analytics based. Uh, he's gonna talk his way around everything so he he has a little bit of max kellerman in him um so i think that they um play off each other well because chris carter is like no there's no pressure every game in the nfl is pressure so it's not pressure on dak so the talking points that the sports media has chris carter just be like nah forget all that i'm gonna tell you what's real because i've been in the league and I, i've been in those locker rooms and i've been in those games so i like that eric davis is a sharp brother man Eric Davis is good. He'd be on speak for yourself. And like you, Kyle, Bamani Jones. Bamani Jones is one of my favorites too. Because mm-hmm. he can go he can go highbrow with you <laughs> and intellectualize <laughs> everything. Mm-hmm. Or he can get he, he can get be a straight up brother with you. So mm-hmm. and sometimes he can do it all. He can co switch just like that. So so I like him. Um the worst. Uh obviously Skip Bayless because his show is just propaganda for his favorite teams. And um, so, yeah, it, it, at times when he first started out, I thought he had good points. But over time, you know, you can just see through his arguments and they're, they're weak, weak arguments. Um, so, yeah, so he's he's on my, my, my worst list. Um, Rob Parker, he clowns <laughs> a little bit too much um, for me. Uh, he's, he's the class clown. Um, obviously, uh, Will King, I, I just very mm. conservative, bring that, that conservative red state talking points to the show. And, and it just, it just rubs me the wrong way. Um, because he tries to put things in a, in a certain corner that's hard for people to pull out. And, um, and it's talking points of, it's just, he, he's the worst man. Um, he's up there with Jason Whitlock to me. He's really climbing that ladder. Uh, Jason Whitlock is the worst of them all, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and 
I think Colin Cowherd is is on my worst list now. Um, mm. You know, at times he's good, but at other times I think he tries to jump ahead of stuff. Um, I think he tends to um, find stories and, and twist them f- to form a narrative that doesn't really exist. And like Will Kane and, and Skip Bayless, he can spin a talking point to fit his narrative or he'll completely ignore a point that nullifies anything that everything that he just said, like he'll just make up something, a good narrative or talking point that he has somebody that played the game will come in there and break it down with facts and he'll just completely ignore it and go back to what he said. (laughs) And I'm like, what are you doing? So, so yeah, so those are my best and worst, uh, sports media personalities out there. FIFA, what about you, man? Your, uh, your best and your worst, uh, Sports personalities out here today. You know, I had a slight screw face listening to uh, Ken explain how he feels about Cowherd now, um, because I, I I still think that overall what Cowherd does is more difficult than any of the other sports people that I watch uh, or listen to, mainly because he has so much time to fill and. In that, I think he has become the best storyteller. And yeah, he does have narratives and he does have his own beliefs. But I'm cool with that because I want somebody to believe in what they believe in because they've been right the majority of the time. And Cowherd has been right. And we've all been wrong. I know I've been wrong. And I'll be the first to admit it or at least the second to admit it whenever I'm wrong. But I'll be the first to admit it when I'm right. And he's the same way. And that's how we all are. So I'm, I'm OK with that. I like what he does because he does something that nobody else does. He fills almost two hours worth of space. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's crazy. a lot of storytelling. Yeah, he brings a lot of people on and, you know, they talk about his ideas and how he sees certain things and stuff like that. But, you know, just to fill that amount of space and, and, and do it how he's done it for as consistently as long as he's done it. I gotta give him props, and to me, I that's why. I see the agenda, he... Ralph. He has an agenda. I see it. <laughs> oh man! All right, Ken. he's good but... though. He's good <laughs> storytelling and and the ability to to make his narrative and and to be able to to break things down and make it relatable. Put it in a way exactly. that you can see it. I, I, he's talented. Exactly. I give him credit for that. He he is he is. Uh, Shannon Sharp is quickly climbing up my ladder. Of one of my I favorites. forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Because you know what, like you know, we a black show, but he a nigga <laughs> <laughs> on national TV early in the morning, man. I, and I love it. I love it. You know what I'm saying, Shannon, man. Let me get some of that yak. Let me. I, I'll take a black too. But um, yeah, man. Shannon's up there because at first, I you know I, I didn't know how he was gonna fare with the other sports, but. I love his approach. I, I think the main thing I like about <clears throat> Shannon is the fact that he doesn't allow Skip to get away with anything. Skip, skip, yes. skip, 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 <laughs> skip. Come on, skip, skip. He'll let him know, and I love that because I, I feel like Stephen A. When he was with Skip, it was just kind of you know back and forth, and he he can make you know uh, Stephen A. fly off the wire, and you know, and it was cool, it was entertaining, but but. Shannon just he 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 he's, he sticks on his on his talking points on his stats and he be breaking all that Skip Bayless stuff down. So I I, I really I really enjoy watching him now. Um, another one of my favorites, I like Chris Broussard only because he entertains me. Um, not really? because of anything else. Sometimes I feel that you know it's kind of like it's kind of like Kid Cudi. 
you know, like maybe maybe he's not your cup of tea for everybody, but you know, <laughs> he's, he's a not, kid Cuddy. Yeah, like kid Cuddy, man. Okay. Like, you know, some people think he's great. Some people think he's whack as hell. You know, I think that's how Chris <laughs> Broussard is kind of viewed. Shout out um, to Cuddy. Huh? I'm not saying he's the equivalent of Cuddy. In no, 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 no. I, 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 uh-huh. You just kind of threw me for a loop. I, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I like okay, Cuddy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like Cuddy, too. I mess with Cuddy. That's why I like Chris Broussard. Um, but, yeah, man, you know, he he's cool. Sometimes he'd he be way off, but, you know, he's cool. Uh, I like Lewis Riddick from ESPN. Yeah, um, he's, good. he's good. Yeah, I like his perspective, man. And, and, and you, he talks to you very stern. <laughs> You know, so it's kind of like when he speaks, you you have to pay attention. And I like how eloquent he is. I like how he breaks things down. I like the fact that he has it from a GM perspective. And you can tell he has a lot of genuine connections in the NFL. So if it's coming from his lips, it, it, it it's the real deal. Um, let me see. Who else do I like? Who else do I like? Um, damn, man. There's so many. Um Shit, I'll go to who I don't like. Um, Jason Whitlock. Man, (laughs) man, boy, boy, boy. I found this dude damn near like 10 years ago. And from the first time I read an article till right now, I feel exactly the same way about this guy. Mm. Man, this this guy is the biggest coon, literally and figuratively. This guy, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I I just, I don't get it. Um, Rob Parker can't touch on that guy. He's like a joke. I I, I, I I don't know, like, who's his agent? Because his agent needs more money than Rob Parker. Because if you can still get this guy on TV, you know, <laughs> like, consistently, bro, you, you deserve you deserve a bonus. You really do. Because he is the worst. Like, I, I, I feel like he be on the yacht. <laughs> he be getting on these damn TV shows, man. Um, skip. I'm not going to say he's the worst or he's on the worst list, but, you know, he 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 don't really debate with facts, man. He he debates all with his with with with, with just pride and 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 favoritism. You know what I'm saying? And I can't really respect that all the way, you know, because and, and that's the reason why I like him with Shannon, because Shannon be shutting him the hell up. Sometimes Skip just doesn't have anything else to say. And yep. it's more apparent now, <laughs> you know. So, so I guess I got to put Skip on, on 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 the bad list just for that, yeah. Because he he Shannon be shutting him the hell up. So, I, I, um, you know who who honestly I like, and he's climbing up the list, and I think he needs to get some more FaceTime. Uh, Jim Jackson. Yeah, I like he's Jim good. Jackson on on, on on Fox Sports Net, man. I, I like his breakdown. Um, he comes more so from a player's perspective. I always like that perspective. Um, and I like his breakdowns and also mainly because me and him agree a lot on the basketball players, you know, and mm-hmm. what he says, how highly he speaks on Embiid. I've been trying to tell y'all guys for years now. Yeah, I don't know why he really wanted to listen, but you know, but those, yeah. I, I, I'll, leave it there. I'll leave it there. Yo, what about you B? Uh, who do you like and dislike? Um, dislike Jason Whitlock and Will Kane uh, easily. Uh, both of those are like the top two folks I do not care about at all. Um, favorites, of course, is Shannon. I mean, whenever you put out the Black and Miles and Yak, <laughs> man, you my favorite. You are my favorite. Shannon is that dude, man. I like I like Shannon, man. Um, 
You know, and I like how he never let Skips get away with his BS, man. Never. So, um, Shannon and uh, who else I like? Um, and Chris Carter. Yeah, Shannon and Chris Carter. I mean, I like the fact that they both come from a player's perspective. Someone who's been there, done that. You know, you can't... It, it ain't like these guys has been back pushing papers and stuff for the longest, never played a single sport in their life. Right. I like the fact that Shannon and Chris Carter brings a player perspective. Same way with Isaiah Thomas on the NBA on the NBA channel, man. Like mm-hmm. he, yeah. a lot of those guys, Steve Smith, you know, when they're talking about basketball and turn, talking about certain things, I love it because I'm you know, I know they're coming from a place from experience and not just guys who just been you know, sitting back and and probably been a lame throughout their whole high school and college years, and not finally have a chance to rip NBA players or, or football players or whatever. And and like Kyle said, I like the uh, TNT crew too. I, I like you know, Shay, oh yeah, love you know, Barkley. I like the twenty one, uh, K, you know, KG Area twenty one. I mean, I like all them. Man. The whole Ernie. I mean, I like I like that whole TNT cast. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't really watch a lot of other people like that. Like, and Chris Carter, black too, man. Like, cause he, know, he talks with, yeah. yeah, like he, it sounds aggressive. And and yeah. if you're not used to talking to black people, you can be taken back <laughs> from it. But, <laughs> but it's not hey, the way what? it goes across. What's up, Ralph? And B, I, I like the fact that you pointed out the NBA crew. I forgot about them. Uh, not the TNT crew, because I, I, I wanted everybody to Somebody, know. yeah, Isaiah, Steve Smith. I love them. I love Steve Smith because he be, he be breaking down the plays up under the rim. He be giving yep. dudes nicknames. Steve yep. Smith is low-key one of the best dudes on there. But the reason why I brought them up wasn't because of Steve Smith. It was because of Rick Kamler. I really mess with Rick Kamler. Rick yeah, Kamler's good. He, yeah. He's really good. He's well-versed across multiple sports because he also runs 92 or he's on 92.9 uh, mm-hmm. FM. You know what I'm saying? He's on Sports Talk Radio there, too. So he does that. He does NBA TV. Like, he's just all over the place. And I got mad respect for his game because, he like, he's a hustler. He In this sports game, he's a hustler. True indeed. True indeed. So, yeah, thanks thanks for the, uh, for the question, Eric. Uh, like I said, if anyone else has any questions, we'll – you know, shoot them to us and we'll try to get them on the podcast as well. And, um, you know, those are some of our favorites. And obviously, if you listen to us, we're your favorites, too. So trust and believe that Dead End Sports could be on any medium doing the same thing these guys are doing. And we definitely appreciate the love. Um, before we get out of here, man, let's do some one got to go. Uh, this is these are a couple of things that we got uh, from at one got to go on Twitter uh, from the mind of the homie eclectic. So let's do one got to go. It's pretty simple, pretty popular game. You pick one. One has to go forever. Uh, You can debate it if you want, or you can be like Ken and get rid of a a classic song like he did last week, which we won't name. Um, (laughs) uh, So let's start right there. All right, man. One got to go. Let's go NBA point guards. Um, B, I'll start with you. Steve Francis. Baron Davis, Jason Kidd, Gary Payton, Steve Francis. One got to go. You getting rid of franchise? Yeah, Steve Francis. Okay, okay, okay. Ken, what about you? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, franchise, franchise. Okay, okay. I used to like him too, man. Yeah, like, yeah, same here. Yeah, I'm, I mess with the franchise. Uh, definitely one of my favorite point guards. 
to watch, but he just didn't do it long enough. GP, you can't take him off. J-Kid, you can't take them off. Uh, so it really comes down to Baron Davis and Steve Francis. B. Diddy did it with more teams. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I agree. B, and Baron Davis had, before his knees got bad, he had crazy bounce. Crazy bounce. And um, you can argue, to me, could be. and people might appreciate this, he's probably got like maybe the second or third best handles I've ever seen, dude, as a point guard. Oh, his people crazy. sleep on Baron Davis' handles. Oh, yeah, B. Diddy. Baron Davis. Hey, crazy. Baron Davis. Baron, I mean, I, you know, him and Kyrie, they up there with me, man, as far as, like, favorite favorite ball handlers ever. Yes, dude. Like, people sleep on Baron Davis' ball handling skills. Um, You know what? Like, I, I just thought of it. I just thought of one. Um, FIFO, you'll appreciate this. Big men. Mark Gasol. Carl Anthony Towns. DeMarcus Cousins. Joel Embiid, one gotta go. Hey, get the hell Marcus all up off that list. <laughs> he don't belong on that list. What, what, what kind of question is this, Kyle? Why, why, why you like the one gotta go? <laughs> Ken, what about you? <laughs> Gasol, more like... call Anthony Towns, Embiid, or Demarcus Cousins. Man, it's more like the one that never belonged, and that's Gasol. You know what? Uh, I'll never forgive him for what he got, what he did to that brother in, in Memphis, man. And I know they have a history of doing that to coaches, white and black. But nah, man, I'm, I'm not Fisdale. Nah, Gasol's on my my uh, my my naughty list, man. I don't like him anymore. What about you, B? Uh, which one of these big men got to get out of the paint? Gasol. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Gasol, man. I, I could say Embiid, you know, because he's never healthy, but. You know, look, when look, healthy, look, when healthy, and beat is great. Games. 150 million 30 games, that's all you needed. Hey, man, I, I just I, I, I just want to be able to talk about him without saying when healthy. I, I But I, I, don't, people, I don't know if you've been following. I love this little beef he's got going on with Hassan Whiteside. That is so it's so funny. They got a little oh, Twitter. Yeah. Beef going. You know why? Because because I, I agree with the one thing. That I read on that whole Twitter view. I know I know he always goes back and forth with him. I haven't read everything. But mm-hmm. when Embiid said your plus minus sucks, all you care about is stats. He's a thousand percent right with Hassan. And I like Hassan as a player. But if Hassan focused more so on his overall game and really impacting the team, the Miami he could be a way better squad. Hassan, he, he came back and said, uh, he said, talk to me when you playing back-to-back games. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. You know, that's that's the only dig, though. Uh, dig, all right. Like, let's, let's take it to hip-hop. Ken, um, actually, I fight. Well, let's do two. Let's do two, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, hip-hop albums. I'm almost afraid to start with you, Ken. Um, it was written, Nas. Reasonable Doubt, Sean Carter. Me Against the World, Tupac Shakur. Only built for Cuban links, Raekwon. One got to go. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> this guy. Uh, damn. It was written, Nas. Reasonable Doubt, Jay-Z. Uh, me against the world, Tupac Amaru Shakur, only built for Cuban links, Ghostface, aka the Purple Tape. It was written. This guy, blasphemous. Get him off the phone, please. You know what? We 
we're gonna stop having him in on these discussions, man. Each <laughs> album you- serves a different purpose, man. Like me, Tupac. I I know, like you said, it was rich. I, yeah, I know, man. man. I just that's top uh, two Nas albums. FIFO, what about you, man? Uh, you know, okay, look. So first off, Jay Z not going nowhere for everybody that know me. That's not happening. It was written is definitely not going nowhere because that's my favorite Nas album. Um, uh, so it comes down to Pac and Raekwon, and I think I gotta let Pac go. Okay, okay, okay. What about you, B? Uh, me against the world, only built for Cuban links. Reasonable doubt, it was written. One gotta go. Uh, yeah. Me against the world. Probably, probably me against the world. I mean, I can't it, believe it, y'all filibustering over me on this. I know, man. I feel bad, man. I feel, I feel bad. Hey, man. That's my favorite. That's my favorite Pac album. That's you took the words right out of my mouth. It's my, my favorite Pac, Pac album. But, I mean, it I, has I, to I, go. But it was written as definitely second, though. If I had to pick a second place, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would agree with I that. Love, I, I love it was written. I love. I, Nas. I do too. I don't know how it's FIFO's yeah. favorite Nas album, but uh, we'll. I guess we'll discuss that another time. I, I love Nas. <laughs> like I, I love, I, I love that album. But yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm I, I'm kind of with Ken. I mean, you know, yeah. Nas, Nas, him and Biggie both dropped the album in '94, and you see what happens commercially. What happened, and 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 Nas went with that formula. Right. Yeah, he gave in. He went with that. He went through. He went with hey, the Biggie formula. Had to get the checks, man. Had to get the checks. Um, yeah, me against the world again. My favorite Tupac album, but it does not stand against these other three giants. Um, all right, last one. MCs lyrically, we just talking lyrics. We just talking lyrics. Uh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Ken go last. He piss us off. Uh, <laughs> B, I'll start with you. Andre three thousand, Marshall Mathers, Black Thought, Jay Z, lyrically, one gotta go. <laughs> Uh well yeah um black and Andre not going nowhere uh that's that's let's get that out the way um Eminem okay okay Detroit versus everybody <laughs> hey B this like the, this like the third or fourth time you didn't eliminated somebody from Detroit man you might not be able to go home man yeah uh, whatever <laughs> FIFA what about you man. I mean, I, I was thinking about it, and and just like B, Black Thought and Andre ain't going nowhere, right. right? Like, so then it comes down to J and M. Both of these guys are beasts, but when it comes down to it, I I, I feel J's rhymes more than I feel M, so it's more relatable. So I'm picking J, or okay. no, I, I'm, I'm sticking with J. Yeah, you stick with J. I got you. I got yeah. you. All right, Kenneth. Oh man. Oh man, um, I'm pro brother, man. I'm, I'm pro like brother. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought about Jay. I really considered Jay because I there there's there's some questionable moments, but M has his. But right, at the end right. of the day, I, yeah, I'm, I'm being racist, man. I'm going to go with the black guy over the white guy. He said, I'm being racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Please send all tweets to Ken on Twitter. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm a complete the the I'm a completed man. It's it's M for me, and I love M, but um, yeah, three thousand and Black Thought ain't going nowhere. And it's a it's a damn shame that we can't get a solo album from Andre or Black Thought, but that's another story for another day. Uh, and don't don't send me no mentions about the love below because that shit don't count. That's not a solo album. Um, so yeah, uh, M gotta go. M gotta go. Um, all right, man. So uh, thanks for playing along with that. Uh, it's time for our final thoughts. Uh, once again, we want to thank you all for tuning in. If if you haven't done so already, make sure that you download, subscribe, and uh, pass the word. Uh, Dead in sports. We do this podcast every week. Uh, so time for our final thoughts. Uh, my man FIFO's up first. FIFO, what you got? Um, hmm, 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 hmm. Where do I start? Um, man, I'm, 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 I'm gonna keep it with the, with the, I'm gonna keep it with the college football, man. UGA, man. Look, I, I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier in the show. We, we need a championship, man. The, the, the state of look, we've been, we've been on a dry spell. It's been since what, 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 what when the Braves won last? Mid 90s? <laughs> 91, something like that. Ooh, man, it's, 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 it's been a very long time. UGA, look, I know I'm putting more pressure on you guys. You had your loss. It was late in the season, but you made it back. Learn from that experience. We need a championship. We, so, I, so at least I. And you see who's begging? You see the guy that says don't trust no Georgia team. <laughs> I'm trusting in you. Please. We need this. Do not lose in the first round. Because I swear for God, I will never, ever, 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 ever picking another team in the state of Georgia. So it all rides on you, UGA. You better win. You better win. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. What about you, B? Your final thought. Um, you know, uh, which, uh, Miguel Cotto fought his last fight yes, in his yes, this past yes. uh, Saturday. And, you know, uh, unfortunately it ended with a loss, but it was still a, it was still an entertaining, good fight nonetheless. But, you know, just want to give props, take the time to give props to, uh, Miguel Cotto, man. Um, started out kind of like in super welterweight, mainly fought in the middleweight, kind of, kind of went back and forth from super welterweight to middleweight and, um, never ducked anyone, never ducked anyone. Always had respect and class for his opponents. Was all was a very classy guy. Very very classy guy, man. And um, you know, put Puerto Rico on his back when Tito kind of when Tito was everyone was loving Tito, and uh, he just put uh, um, put it on his back, man. And he carried it after, right after Tito, man. So respect to Miguel Cotto. Had a wonderful career. All all of pretty much was with the reception of the L that he took this past Saturday to probably not so popular boxer. All this, he he fought them all. He didn't duck nobody. All his losses was from guys Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. You know, he 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 lost to respectable guys. You know what I'm saying? Guys that you'd be like, well, you know, you can't you can't can't win them all. So yeah, just want to say respect to Goto, man, um, Miguel Cotto. I hope he hope whatever he has in his retired life, whatever he do from here on out is successful and and everything. So I just want to give a shout out to Miguel Cotto. He had a, had a great career. No doubt. Great career. Salute to him. Um, Ken, what about you? Final thought. I came into today's show uh, saving my final thought for um, Captain Sneak on Twitter. Um, but then I realized that if you have to find a clip of a 600 word response from Belichick about 
hunt. Kind of proves my point that Belichick really don't give you nothing. So I'm not going to waste this time, this space for that. Um, instead, I'm going to go to the NBA. Play the rookies. Play mm. the rookies. I think this last draft class has talent in it, future talent in the NBA, and Sacramento and Phoenix. Play your guys. Look at what Donovan Mitchell is doing in Utah, a guy that just popped up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know why he's balling? <clears throat> it's because they decided they're going to play him. Trano in Phoenix. Uh, I don't even know who's coaching Sacramento. Um, <laughs> play your guys. Let, let, let some of these young guys play. Their rotations are all over the place. They're trying to play veterans that – either don't want to play or have no business playing like Garrett Temple and George Hill and uh, somebody else in Sacramento. Play your rookies. Let these guys get in, get on the court, learn the game, and and, and prosper. Let's see what these guys got. So, um, yeah, yeah, that that's all I got to say. Uh, let's see what these young guys do, especially on some of these teams that's going nowhere. Put your guys out there. Live and let learn. True indeed. True indeed. Great points by everybody. Um, my final thought will be on the college football playoff. Uh, when the announcement was made on this past Sunday of the four teams that were selected uh, to be in the uh, final four, if you will, uh, I heard a lot of people talking about, um, you know, we should expand this to eight games. And we heard that chatter last year. We should expand that to eight games. And I- I'm like, my message to you, Shut up. The reason why I say that is because if you look at it from a practical standpoint, we coming into this past weekend, we had about eight teams vying for four spots. Now, you can make a case that, you know, two or two or three of the spots were already sold up. But for the most part, we had some teams more than just the four that were selected that were that had a legitimate chance at vying for those four positions. Here's the thing. If you expand the playoffs to eight games, what's going to happen? Excuse me. If you expand the, the, the playoffs to eight teams, what's going to happen? When are you going to play that that final round of games? These kids at some point got to go to school. You, they're already missing their break, you know, to pr- participate and to practice for these games, their Christmas break, if you will. Um, but more importantly, you're not paying them. So unless you're going to pay these kids. This, stop the chatter about uh, a game playoff because everybody's making money except for the kids who are playing. Everybody's making money. We just we just talked earlier about Jimbo Fisher getting a seventy five million dollar contract, guaranteed seventy five million dollar contract. You when 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 the when the bowls are announced, they also let you know how much the payouts are on each bowls. These championship bowl games, these payouts are running about twenty million dollars per team. So Clemson's going to get 20 million. Oklahoma's going to get 20 million. All of these schools are going to get this money and the players get nothing. And you could you could spare me the talk about the free education because it ain't free because they're having to work for it. So, nah, man, pay the players. If you want to extend it, pay the players. Uh, I got to give a big shout out to my man, Devin James, 
uh, for Florida State, who Florida State finally made a bowl game. I think they're playing in some bowl game in Shreveport. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm not playing in that. He's a senior or he's a or he'll be he'll he will be uh, heading for the draft. I don't know if he's a senior. I think he's a junior, retro junior. My point is, is that more players like this, if you're going to be a first, a second, a third rounder and you're not playing in that ch- in, in, in the, the playoff, I'd set these bowl games out. What are you getting? Why, why should you play for who? For what? To get hurt? Man, please pay the players. Thanks again for checking out another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. Uh, once again, for B, for FIFO, for Ken, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.